is it going everybody welcome back to trail tales my name is kyle o'grady i am a through hiker i am a backpacker i'm a peak bagger i'm just a huge hiking nerd and every single week on the show i chat with other people that are just big old hiking nerds as well and this is a very unique episode mateo favero is on the show he is the director of marketing at z packs who i'm sure many of you are very familiar with one of the most well-known cottage ultralight backpacking gear brands in this episode we chat quite a bit about some of his personal hiking experience but we also spent probably the bulk of the episode talking about z packs and uh tried to try to hold them accountable a little bit for some of the common complaints and criticisms that they get as a brand now as you're going to hear me say in the episode i like zpex i like their gear i've worked with them before and um i don't know you just i don't know how to say this without like overblowing it but there's been some controversies around zpex and some of their gear over the years i feel like they get a little bit more crap from people online than a lot of other brands do is that deserved i don't know but in this episode i wanted i wanted mateo to just address some of that stuff and he was down he was willing i feel like that that takes some balls i'm not gonna lie um but he he cares about the brand he believes in the brand and he wanted to to really answer some of those those tougher questions about their gear and i think he did a great job i think it's going to give you a lot of perspective on where they're coming from in terms of these common complaints that that customers have and so it was awesome i've never done anything like this on trail tales before so it was a little bit nerve-wracking because i wanted to be fair but i also didn't want to shy away from those tough questions i did my best i'm sure there'll be some people out there that think i did too much or did too little but i'm trying man i hope you guys enjoy it and i want to thank zpax for being down um, this, this is not sponsored by them, just to be clear as well. This was this was my idea, actually. I reached out to them about about this, and, and they were down, and I appreciate that. So with that said, let's do it. Let's get into the episode. This is episode number 145 with Matteo Favero from Z-Pax. I'm so excited to welcome to the show, Matteo Favera. How's it going, man? Um, going pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, so Matteo is the marketing director for ZPAX, correct? That is correct. And so in this episode, I mean, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about some of the awesome stuff he's done on the trail too, and we're also gonna talk about ZPAX. And uh, I'm gonna ask a few. This is gonna be so overhyped, by the way, everybody. But for the lack of a better word, a few spicy questions about Z-Packs <laughs> and some of the more um, common, I don't know, complaints that people have about it. And full disclosure, um, I like Z-Packs. I've I haven't used all their gear. I haven't used the backpacks before, but they did send me uh, a couple tents um, over the past year, and I've I love them. Um, I haven't been shy about telling people that in the videos and stuff, um, but. I was sent them. I just want to make sure that bias is clear. Um, but you know, I wasn't just going to come on here and show for Z-Packs, dude. Like we gotta, we gotta, uh, we gotta get into it a little bit, but, um, uh, what, what fun would that be? I know exactly. And, and again, I'm, I'm really overhyping this. Like these questions aren't that bad, but uh, I do just want to say that I appreciate 
not only you coming on, but I, I appreciate and respect the fact that you, when I had this idea and I reached out, you guys were like, yeah, dude, let's, let's, uh, let's have an open and honest conversation about it. I think that's something that not every uh, brand would be willing to do. It might be easier for a lot of, a lot of people to just kind of avoid it. Um, and so I appreciate that, man, uh, seriously. And I think the audience is going to appreciate it as well. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's not, not any fun if you got to hide something, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't, to deflect and defend and pretend things don't exist is, uh, it never does anybody any good. No. Um, but before we get into that, let's just start, uh, I just want to hear more about you. Um, how did you first get into, to through hiking and backpacking and then, you know, we can kind of go from there, and I do want to learn about some of the early history you have with uh, Z-Packs as well. Yeah, so um, I was always an adventurer, kind of, like, even when I was a kid, like, the best way I could describe it is, like, I was always going farther on my bike than I was supposed to go. I always <laughs> just wanted to, like, get, what's, what are the, what's in those woods, what's down this street, what's down this trail, and... Um, I'm originally from Connecticut, but I moved to Florida when I was like three, but I used to always go up for the summer. And uh, when I'd go visit my aunt, she lived in like, you know, Connecticut has smaller mountains, but still I was always in the woods with my cousins exploring, going farther than we were supposed to go. And I, but I really didn't, I really didn't know like what I was doing. It was just like, that was like just my, my like spirit, right? I was just like, I want to see what's around this corner. I want to see what's on the other side of this hill or down this valley. And then, um, so, you know, you grow up and you get jobs and you, you kind of lose a lot of the things in your life uh, sometimes. And when uh, my wife and I got married, we went on a honeymoon, uh, kind of an unorthodox honeymoon. We flew into New Jersey and rented a car and we did this big loop where he went through New England and like Quebec and Ontario and Niagara Falls and upstate New York and came back. Mm -hmm. And we had a, an off day, like basically on that trip where we were just like, we're not going to do anything. We got no plans. We're in the middle of nowhere in Ontario. And uh, we asked the, the girl at the desk, you know, hey, what, what do people do around here? And she's like, well, there's this little town called Perth. Um, people go there a lot. So we drove <laughs> to this town and and I saw this sign and it said, um, uh, the Rideau trail. And I'm like, what is this? Not my wife's like, I don't know. Like I have no, like she's we're like, well, let's just walk down it for like 45 minutes <laughs> and turn around. And I was like, okay. And I was like 15 minutes in and like, I literally am calling my buddy back home in Florida. I'm like, when I get back, we're going hiking. We're going to do all <laughs> And it was just such like a random thing. Like I basically had spent 10 or 12 years like without doing this thing that I always like really loved to do, spending time in the outdoors. So I came back and uh, I started doing parts of the Florida Trail, uh, you know, little section hikes. And then I eventually planned a hike up on the Appalachian Trail. I went and I did like the first what, 35 miles. Um, from Amicalola to Neil Gap. Okay. And I was, and I was sold. I was just sold. Like I never, never turned back. Like, So, so awesome. Honestly, a part of that that really resume resonates with me too, is um, just kind of like being real young and just liking to explore. Cause I've been, I've yeah. been asked quite a bit, like how I got into this and I kind of stumbled into it when I was in high school, uh, the backpacking and hiking thing. But like, I've never really thought about it like before that. And and hearing you say that, it's like when I was a kid, I was very much the same way. I was always like going off on random, 
you know, bike trails and messing around in the woods and stuff. So maybe there is like a, I don't know, uh, a similar origin story there. I haven't really thought about that. that that's going to give me something to think about. But um, but anyways, so you get into backpacking. Um, when was when was like your first? I, I it, not even necessarily like long through hike, but just like your first, uh, I guess proper through hike, whatever that means. Uh, so I mean. I would say the first monumental trip for me, like a trip of significance, uh, was in 2014. We, Joe, the owner of ZPAX, and one of our friends, we went over to Scotland to do this um, event called the TGO Challenge. And basically, it's this, I would recommend this to anybody. It's so awesome. You pick a spot, or they give you like eight to 12 locations on the west coast of Scotland. And you have to make your way across the highlands to the east coast of Scotland, and you have to design your own route. Okay. And there's not there's not a t- there's not like marked trails everywhere and all this stuff. It's like old goat paths and lit- like actual like Roman like military roads wow. and things like. And uh, so you you got to submit your route. They vet it. They'll be like, oh, you said you're going to cross this bridge. This bridge doesn't exist anymore, or whatever. Um, and so we went and we did it, and it was like two. It was two hundred miles. And uh, it was like my first international hike. It was like my first hike of like 200 miles or more. Uh, it was definitely the most adventurous hike. And the TGO challenge is an adventure because you're making your route. Like yeah. you, it's, you have to pay attention. You have to orienteer. Yeah, you know, so it's mm-hmm. so awesome because like I always, I kind of make the joke on the for the AT. It was like if you left town with three days worth of food every time, you wouldn't need a data sheet, you wouldn't need far out guide, you you don't like you could just go, and it's like it's impossible to get lost almost. Yeah, and, you know, it's 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 a the social experiment uh, experience, but it's not nearly as adventurous, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I know what you mean for sure. Um, damn, I, I've heard of this before, but, uh, that's so cool. Like, um, I don't, I thought, I thought that in like the UK and like most of Europe for that matter, they don't, were, were you guys like actually like camping out and stuff too? Cause I, I thought they have like some rules against like, I yeah. think they call it wild camping over there. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the amazing thing about Scotland. They have a, a right to Rome law, oh. which, li- which literally like basically in practice is you can go anywhere that you want. Like if you come across the fence, that fence is to keep animals in, not people out. Okay. So, so you can literally walk across anybody's private property and like, you can't sue them if you get hurt, like if you fall in a hole or something, but, but you can walk across anyone's property as long as you like stay away from their houses and their outbuildings or whatever. Like you can basically camp just about anywhere and hike anywhere. So it's, it's like, very uncommon <laughs> damn that sounds like that sounds so sick i get asked all the time like oh like when are you gonna hike somewhere else that's not the u.s um and like man i don't know that sounds that sounds appealing i'd really love to go to the uk and like what's the what's the terrain like there uh, like i don't it, even know like is it mountainous is it flat like i have no idea no scott yeah, scotland's like the mountains aren't that high like the highest point in scotland's like what 4300 feet but be- because you're so far north, people don't realize how far Scotland is. If you actually look at a map, like the like Aberdeen, Scotland's like above Copenhagen, Denmark. Like it's really far north. Mm-hmm. Wind is intense up there. 
So it's like, even though you're not at a high altitude, you're really getting hammered as if you were like at a higher altitude. But uh, in one of the weird things, I didn't know this was going to be a Scotland podcast. I could do this all day. Um, <laughs> I'm curious. I, the, I don't know much about of, it. So yeah. Yeah, so like one of the weird things you get in Scotland, which actually makes the off-trail hiking easier, is like in the 17 and early 1800s, they basically cut down all the trees to build ships. But right before that, they also eradicated the bear and wolves. So there was nothing to, uh, there was no natural predator for the deer, what they call stags over there. And their stags are like, they look, if you look at their chest, they look like they're ripped. It's like crazy. <laughs> like, um so the stags eat all the saplings, and so the trees don't grow. So basically, most of the mountains have no trees on them. And that's not what they look like. They used to look just like the Appalachians. But there's no trees because all the deer eat all the sapling. So what that allows you to do is, like, you can literally just point at a spot and, and walk almost in a straight line. Like, you, huh. you know, you'll go da down a valley or whatever, but it's like there's, like, no trees in your way. And, like, so you really get long range views and you can literally wander just about anywhere so it's pretty but there's bogs that are real like yeah you could, that, <laughs> I, if you hike in scotland you're definitely gonna go way steep in a bog at least once <laughs> damn i really am curious about this stuff um but i also am curious so when did um when did you start working for z-packs can you kind of tell that story because uh, my understanding is that you were not the founder, but you were the first employee ever yeah. at CPAX. Yeah. So I get, you know, so I was on my, my journey, right. I, th I think most of us go on a similar journey, but, uh, I was getting into backpacking, you know, went on that first trip on the, the Appalachian trail. And I mean, to be honest, I was still only like 35 pounds. It wasn't like absolutely insane, but I was mm. like, this stuff's, this is too heavy. Like I got to ditch some of this shit. It's too much. And um, so I started learning about ultralight and, and things like that. And a friend was like, hey, have you seen this website, Z-Packs? And I was like, you can buy material because at that time we used to sell sell the material or Z-Packs. It wasn't we then, but Z-Packs used to sell the material. Yeah. And uh, so I went and I looked. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe I can have my mom help me sew something down the road. And at that time, I noticed it said you know, they were in upstate New York. But anyway, I was, you know, obsessing over the site and reading a bunch of stuff. And anyway, so, I don't know, a year goes by and I'm trying to convince some friends to come with me and go do a section of the AT. And I like was preparing this little like ultralight spiel about, yeah, if you come <laughs> with me, here's how you can save weight and make yeah. it real easy, right? <laughs> and your and friends so, are probably just rolling their eyes like, oh, yeah, dude, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so I go back to the ZPAX website because I wanted to use some pictures that I saw in my um, presentation. And I saw that it was, they had moved to Palm Bay, Florida, which was literally the next town south of me. And I was like, what? So instead of emailing for permission to use these pictures in this imaginary uh, presentation I never made, uh, I, I just emailed and I was like, hey, can I just, can I take you out to lunch and ask you some questions or whatever. And Joe responded and he was like, yeah. So I met up and we went out to lunch, Joe and his wife and I, and there was just the two of them working in the garage out of their house. Wow. And so, yeah, so we go to lunch and whatever we talk hiking and, uh, we get back to the house. I'm dropping them off and he's like, Hey, do you want a job? And I was like, doing what? Like he's like sewing. I was like, I don't know how to sew. I don't. I was like, I have no idea how to sew. And uh, he was like, Well, I'll teach you. And uh, it was like 
it happened to be a really weird time in my life. My last job before ZPAX was um, basically doing some CAD work for like architectural stuff. Okay. And that was right, right after the housing market collapsed. So I kind of was like literally transitioning jobs. And I had this weird open space and I was like, you know what? Like, like, I can make my own gear. Like, right. That's totally like the selfishness. Right. I was like, <laughs> I could probably, I can make my own gear. I was going to do this anyway. So now I can learn how to do it. And so, uh, yeah. So in 2010, I started, uh, in the garage with Joe and Cheryl and wow. it was just the, the three of us and their two car garage in their house. That's awesome. So I don't want to downplay your, your, your skills or your work ethic or anything, but it does kind of yeah. seem like it was almost a little bit of right place, right time, huh? Yeah, a hundred percent. But I, I've kind of got this theory, and maybe this is why I tell myself to feel better. But I see it. I see it in other people too. It's like I'm not a big believer in like luck. Like I do, but you know, there, you can have good fortune. But most of the things where people are like, "Oh, you were lucky. You were lucky," is the only reason you are able to experience that good fortune is because you did things to put yourself yeah. in a in a position for it to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know how many people probably thought, oh, it'd be so awesome to sit with Joe and at, 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 at lunch and, and talk hiking, but like, I'm too shy or I'm this or like, well, you can find excuses, but it's like, you know, so if if you take a chance, things happen, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that hundred percent. Like, that's actually something that I've thought about a little bit just in relation to like my YouTube career. It's like, yeah, there's definitely some luck that's involved, but you also, you kind of have to set yourself up for it too, or at least be ready to take advantage of those opportunities when they come. Oh. So that's like, that's such a cool story. Um, so I'm, I'm honestly curious about the history. So it's like, when did you guys like, I don't even know, transition out of the garage and like, transition from just material to actually like making your own gear and, and stuff like that well joe joe in 2005 was making gear oh, like okay it, it, so yeah it's it started with that but like he, he was just like well if i have i had to go through the effort to get this stuff if somebody else wants it like i'll i'll sell them a yard here or a yard there okay but yeah so joe after his his at through hike he's he people saw what he had made himself and like, will you make me that? Will you make me that? And he had no, he had no designs on doing it, but he, he was like, all right, people kept asking him. So it kind of started from there, but, but basically what used to happen was he, they went, they only went full time, like four or five months before they met me. It was just kind of like they were working normal jobs and then they would like take off and then come, come back. Hmm. Um, but when I started, they would keep the site open for two weeks, get enough orders for two months for both of them to make, and then shut down the site until they were done. And Interesting. Then, and they would do a cycle of that. And I was like, why are you doing that? We can just hire someone else and keep taking orders. And like, and, uh, and like basically, so it was like, I brought in a friend, I brought in my sister-in-law, then another friend, another friend. Eventually I ran out of friends. Well, <laughs> We we got to what seven or eight people in the house, and so we now we were taking up a, a bedroom and the garage, and eventually it was like, all right, now we need a shop. So that was it. Only took like a year, year and a half after I started before we bought a uh, not bought a shop, got a shop, and then we got the bay next to that initial bay. Then we got another bay, and then we moved to a bigger facility, a bigger facility, and a bigger facility, and which is where we're at now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, 
it's, it's, it's so cool. Like, like I've, yeah. I've used like all this gear, not just from you guys, but from all these like, you know, cottage brands oh, or whatever yeah. you want to call it for so many years now, but I've never really like learned much about the history. So it is, it is pretty cool to hear about that. Cause it's still, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's still a relatively, I mean, backpacking gear isn't new, but you know, this, yeah, the cottage thing is, I guess, relatively new still. So it's, um, yeah. it's, it's cool to hear about when, uh, actually, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to transition to something else actually. So are you, um, are you, are you down to get into some of these st- spicy, I guess, questions? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, there, there's nothing really off limits. So it's, yeah. Spicy. I feel like that makes it sound bad. Um, no, but, I like spicy. Spicy sounds better than controversial. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's how I framed it in the the post I made asking for questions was controversial, but I feel like that wasn't. I feel like that wasn't really fair. Um, but anyway, so I don't know. Like people on the internet can be pretty brutal sometimes, and oh, yeah. there's definitely yeah. been some chatter out there. Uh, about z-packs uh and other brands too by the way it's not just limited to yeah. you guys um but i definitely noticed maybe like a little bit more of it coming towards z-packs that could be just a result of the fact that you guys are one of the most popular of these cottage brands and a very popular brand for for people to use on the trail but um i don't know yeah i didn't i didn't want to just toss a bunch of softballs here so i put out a a couple posts on instagram and youtube just asking for people's questions for z packs um and i told them to be honest i told them you know i I didn't want anything mean-spirited i didn't want any gutches or anything Mm. like that but you know i yeah i wanted people to be honest and so there was two main categories that i think things kind of boiled down to essentially um and i'm going to read some of those questions i'm going to paraphrase some because some of them were a little meaner (laughs) than i I like um actually i'm gonna read one i'm gonna read one mean one to start here okay Um, just do the mean mean tweets so yeah i know right which like i didn't want people being jerks and stuff because i i do appreciate you coming on here but um i think this person was kind of being um uh a little bit like sarcastic too i I don't think it was just like fully like being a jerk because it's it's kind of funny to be honest so the first one i got which is a great way to kind of start the conversation about price because that's um because that's a definitely oh, yeah. one of the big categories that people were wondering about and i'm sure it's this won't be the first mm-hmm. time that you guys have talked about it but um so the first question was how can how, <laughs> this is so great i get to ask you this um how can they, as in Z-Packs, sleep at night charging so much money for something uh, that is so fragile? And actually, now that I read this, this is actually kind of encompassing both uh, different uh, kind of categories uh, here. So let's let's just focus on the price to, to start yeah. off because I'm not going to lie. That's one of the biggest um, complaints yeah. that I have about the gear too is, like, is the price because I do love the tents that I've used from you guys. But um, I always feel like whenever I talk about it, I have to add the caveat. It's like or whatever where i'm like yeah this is expensive and like it's not going to be for everybody oh. because of that but um i don't know what do you what do you have to say about the uh the price especially of the tents those seem to be the most um the most expensive yeah, yeah. the backpacks let's see what are they at right now backpacks are expensive too we're looking around 400 yeah. but um yeah not all of them but the, i feel like there's other brands that probably have backpacks that are closer to 400 yeah. Um, there are other brands that have expensive tents too, but yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm just rambling on here, dude. Price, talk to me about price. 
Um, yeah. So price, uh, regrettably, is is actually an, an easy answer. Like I wish it was a more fun and I could dance around it like I was in a presidential debate, but it's pretty easy. Um, one, we're made in the United States of America. Labor costs in the U.S. are uh, way more expensive than outsourcing your products um, to other countries, which I'm, it's like I'm not about naming names, which other people in our space have found what, that they needed to do that to make their margins. Mm-hmm. Um, our... Um, Every every position at ZPAX falls into a pay band where we look at what the, um, the equivalent job in our area is getting paid. And like um, our sewing machine operators are the super high end of that pay band. Uh, there's there's like what eighteen plus dollars an hour. Or some of the, some of the sewing machine make, uh, operators are making. So uh, we're definitely paying for the labor. So that's. That's one, and a lot of pro- uh, products, like for instance, the uh, the backpacks, the majority of the cost of that is labor. Um, and then uh, we use super technical fabrics that are not cheap. Um, if you've looked at the cost of, go on Ripstop by the Roll and see what they're charging for a half a yard of Ultra, or, um, or for a piece of Dyneema composite fabric that we use for our tents. Uh, you know, we're not getting charged as much as they are, but it's it's an expensive, expensive fabric. And I know uh, Corey, our social media guy, he he told me that uh, he's probably going to ask you, why don't you make a tent out of silk nylon? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, so to 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 answer that question would be like you could give us the material for free. And it would still be expensive because we because the process isn't going to be that much different. The labor involved isn't going to be that much different. And making your stuff in the United States is, is expensive. Um, period. The end. It gives us a ton of flexibility to to move and to pivot and to come out with things much quicker than if you had them outsourced. But I mean, at the end of the day, like it costs us a lot of money, and our margins are not. Like there's a reason why we're not in every REI. We don't have the margins to support it because we decided to keep to keep our manufacturing at home. Um, I would I would talk about the second part of that question is a good one. The um, this is a thing that uh, has really really changed since I started at ZPAX. Is you're talking about the the, the material being so fragile, and uh, the customer, the average customer at ZPAX is an entirely different customer than it was when I started 10 years ago. Really? But thir- wait, 13 years ago. Oh, this August is 13 years. Is um, When I started, it was these DIY guys who were like, they were making stuff themselves or they were, pu- they were pushing limits. They were like true masochists. Like, how light can I get? <laughs> like, what is the limit of discomfort that I can sustain to allow me to, to go light, right? And um, so you, you really had these people who understood what they, the, um, the trade-off that they were in for. They were like, okay, this may not last as long as a, if you got a backpack, this may not last as long as a traditional Cordura backpack. This may not last as long as a traditional silk nylon or canvas tent, but I'm trading that off because the enjoyment I get from being able to go to get my pack smaller, my pack lighter, to be able to travel travel further, to travel lighter. Right? Mm-hmm. It was it was this mindset. It was like 
like I would say our average customer 13 years ago, you know, uh, you know, in those first uh, few years after I was at CPAX was definitely more of a masochist and type two fun kind of person. <laughs> like back then you couldn't go on Google and type best backpack for through hiking, best ultralight backpack for through hiking and get 15 lists of the top 10 backpacks. Um, so that's what you have now, right? You've got, you've got a lot more information on the internet. People are much more savvy and how to use the internet. And so what you get is somebody's like, hey, um, you know, I'm not trying to demean new hikers in any way, but you get people who are inspired. I saw the movie Wild and now I want to go hiking or I, whatever, or even a walk in the woods yeah. or I read, right? And I want to go, and I want to go hiking. And, and I've seen this so many times people come into Z-Packs and they're literally about to buy the full boat. And I go, oh, what's the longest hike you've ever done? They're like, oh, I've only one night or two nights. I'm like, yeah. you're, you're going to hike the AT and buy $3,500 worth of gear and you don't even know if you like it or if you're good at it, right? Mm -hmm. and, and um, and so what's happened now is like you get, you've got people, it's, you know, we've been around for a while. So we pop up in most top 10, top five, you know, top list of just about every uh, item in, in backpacking. Yeah. And so, but, and so people buy it and they're expecting more of a traditional or Amazon experience and they don't understand necessarily the trade-off that they're getting into. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one, the best analogy I've ever found it, 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 and it might be a poor analogy. It's just the best one I found is to look at not, it's not just us look at the materials and, and gear that ultralight cottage manufacturers are making and understand that like, this is the equivalent of like a race car, right? It's like, it's not going to take a beating. It's not meant to last you 300,000 miles. It's not like, a, you know, a Toyota tr pickup truck. That's not what this is. You, you're getting a high performance piece of gear that's packs down small, weighs very little, super strong for the weight. But it's not, this isn't a thing that's like, I'm going to buy item A and it's going to last me the rest of my life. That's not, you know... That's not what a NASCAR does. That's not what a Formula One car does. Mm -hmm. They're very, they're very specific, and they need certain types of care. You can't be as, as tough on them. So it's like you you have to understand like what the reality is. It's not for everybody. Most of our gear shouldn't be the first version of it that you probably ever buy. Like yeah. You need to have a, yeah. You you need to have experience. You have to understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you and, and then make an educated decision on what sacrifices you're willing to make. Like some people are yeah. just hard on gear, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. No, that, that all makes a lot of sense to me, especially kind of using the example as, sorry, using the example of the, um, the more beginner, I guess, because yeah. I could totally see. And actually I know of a circumstance where a brand new hiker uh, bought a backpack and uh, it broke very early on, and um, he probably wasn't being. Now, I, I feel like it probably shouldn't have broke that quick, even given yeah. the circumstances. But he definitely was not being uh, super careful with it. However, I yeah. also know of another example of someone who is quite an experienced hiker, and uh, and, and I'm sure there's more of these too, who you know understand. Uh, how to use the gear, have upgraded from uh, cheaper, probably tougher stuff. Um, certainly was not a novice who brought a backpack out. And within the first uh, two days, I think it was, 
the backpack wasn't rendered unusable, but the outside mesh uh, pocket, I think it was mesh. It wasn't my backpack again, but um, the outside pocket ripped and she yeah. was not super pleased about. It. And I have heard, I sorry, I have heard a lot of um, other stories of hikers, experienced hikers um, saying that. And so I don't know, it, it does kind of seem like there is a little bit of, I don't even know if I'd call it a trend, but it, it's not unheard of, at least I'll say um, for, it not just to be the beginners that are dealing with some of these, um, no, no. you know, issues with gear breaking. Yeah. I, uh, no, I wouldn't say that that's exclusively the thing. And that's why I definitely wasn't trying to blame. Uh, no, no, no. That was just an me, example an you used. Yeah. yeah. I think you were clear, but yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make this, this part clear as well. Um, just to see if you had anything else no, to no. say about that. No, I mean, at the end of the day, um, we put out a, ton of gear like like the amount of gear that we sell goes out and there with like any other company you're gonna have failures pete like mm-hmm. like something's gonna fail whether the design was wrong whether something got missed in sewing or whether like there was you know we've seen this happen before too where like there was a flaw in the fabric that you literally can't see through inspection that like it makes it fail. So things are gonna things are gonna happen. We do have. I mean, whatever. It's just, I hate even sounding like deflecting. We we have the data to see how many things go out and what the failure rate is, and it's very 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 low. Mm-hmm. So it's. But that doesn't mean that we're not constantly listening to the complaints and trying to do things. One of the things that's actually from a marketing standpoint made my job a lot harder is that we will make a silent change to stop something from happening. And then we'll make another silent change to stop something from happening. And what happens is we don't have like, oh, the 2023 version, the 2024 version. It's like we basically try to prevent anybody from experiencing something bad instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And we and instead of, you know, if you if we had to order that from a factory in China, we would be stuck with the 800 packs on the shelf that all had this flaw. But because we're not operating on that model, we can do silent changes as we go. So a lot. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I got no. you up there. No, um, that's fine. So, I, I was just going to ask, um, what are just can you just give me an example of like a recent change maybe that you guys have made to improve the uh, durability or whatever? I mean, it's just a lot of it will be like a reinforcement. I'm trying to think like you put me on the spot with that one. Uh, um, I can't think of anything right now because I'm so involved in the new products. I know, I, I know it's not exactly your um, your your department either. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you say that, but I actually did just get the design just got transferred underneath me, so it did just recently start start to be my problem. Um, just usually it's the way reinforcements things the way things are sewn uh just things like that i just can't think i can't think of well i mean that that, that, yeah i mean that that definitely that definitely makes sense though um and another question i have too is so i obviously my i have bought things from you guys before but it's been a long time and like the most recent things were sent to me for video purposes as i've been very clear about um so i feel like my my experience with, um, you know, communication with you guys in terms of getting things fixed or whatever is, is, is unique. It's not, uh, you know, normal. So what do yeah. you guys usually do, um, when somebody comes to you and they say, 
hey, um, and again, I, you know, you're marketing, so maybe this isn't a customer really f- service. Falls yeah, exactly. under me too. Oh, oh okay, perfect. Then. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what do you guys do when somebody comes to you? I'm sure it depends on the circumstances and stuff. And they say, hey, yeah, yeah. you know. Not not that, hey, I used this for an entire through hike and there's a tiny hole in it. I'm talking when people say, hey, like I just got this and you know I took it out yeah, once yeah. and there's already something wrong with it. Um, kind of like I talked about with uh, my previous girlfriend there, that example I used a few minutes ago. Um, how do you guys how do you guys handle those those circumstances? So I, I'd mentioned okay, as of last a year ago, um, customer service got transferred me to uh, uh, to me as well. And we kind of had a philosophical, like deep dive, the supervisor of customer service. And we came up with a, whatever, more in-depth plan. And we presented it to the team and made sure everybody was on the right page. Now, that being said, I think the last two or three years we've been doing really good. We had, we deserved some negative comments about our customer service before that, but I can't go back and, and fix any of that. We no. can fix it, go forward. But basically... Uh, our agents have been uh, empowered to do what it takes to make it right for for that customer, and it depends. Like, and this is this may be unpopular, but like, if you're a through hiker on a trail, you get treated differently than if somebody who just went out on an overnight hike and came back. The qu- the service isn't gonna the quality of it isn't gonna differ. The reaction or response to the same exact issue will change. Like, if you've got something that's like, oh, I'm you know, whatever, like a rip in your mesh pocket that renders it basically unusable. Let's say that's that's something that happens just hypothetically. If you took it on an overnight trip, we're going to be like, hey, here's a return label. Send it to us. We'll fix it. We'll put a new pocket on. We'll send it back to you. No, no big deal. If you're on a through hike, we've got something we've created specifically for people on through hikes called the Loner Library where we have oh, gear. Oh, that's cool. We, yeah, we have gear like we we try to stock a limited amount of gear to, enough to cover any demand. We'll send you if you're if that was your backpack. We'll send you out a replacement or a temporary like a loaner backpack. Inside that box is a return um, shipping label. You literally take the the loaner pack out, put your pack in, slap the label on it, turn send it back. We fix it. We send it back to you with another return label. You send the loaner back. So we've got we do it with tents. We got it with backpacks. And so, you know, that's what we're doing. We're trying to keep hikers on trail and we're trying to, to take care of it. Um, very rarely, uh, very rarely does like something like catastrophically fail, like right out of the gate in, in a way that like would cause an issue. Um, so we don't really run into that very much. It's it's usually with, with more extended use or like a weird extenuating uh, waiting circumstance. But mm. Like I said, the agents have all been empowered to do what it takes to make it right in that situation. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that if you're like hyper irrational that like that we're going to necessarily do something. If you've had a tent for six years and you put 7,000 miles on yeah. it, and you're like, you're like, there's a there's a hole in my tent. You <laughs> send, send me a new tent. We're going to be like, well, I yeah, mean, that's that's a kind of outside the warranty. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and. So speaking of maybe not necessarily the uh, the warranty, although it's related, just in terms of like, you know, the, the claims of how long gear should last. Um, I have this one. It's it's kind of a question. It's kind of just a customer experience um, 
we're really this is we're gonna rip into you a little bit here. So this is just a comment that I got um, talking about Z-Pack's gear, and so it is and it's related to the, the durability. But there's also one part in here more specifically that I want to have you elaborate on, or maybe even I feel like I've heard this too, but I can't quite remember where I heard this, so maybe it's not true. But um, anyway, so. This person wrote, my first hit, my first set of hip belt pouches lasted 300 miles before the attachment hooks tore off. They sent me new pouches, but now 800 miles into the PCT, they're both starting to tear around the rear attachment points, and the elastic loops are nearly torn as well. Also, my hip belt needed replacement after only 1,000 miles, and so here's here's the, the crux of it here. Z-Pack says that their gear will last, quote, at least one thru-hike. But I've had multiple durability issues so far under the 2,000 mile mark. Z-Pax was pretty good with warranty replacements, but I'd rather not have my gear failing mid through hike. So there, the the part I want to highlight here is the Z-Pax says that their gear will last at least one through hike. I feel like I've heard that before too. Um, I did just quickly look around and I couldn't find it on the website. Is that is that something that you guys do claim, or is that kind of exaggerated? Well, I mean, so. The warranty actually used to be one year or one through hike, but the, uh, that was kind of a little ambiguous <laughs> where it's like, well, a through hike could be six months, which yeah. isn't a year. So which one is it? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> some of the products definitely say, you know, typically will last you one through hike, depending on what it is. And and it's it's 100% product to product use case scenario, use case scenario. Um like definitely the those clips did break on the belt pouches so guess what we went back to not using the clips on the belt pouches that was a that was a change we made we the way that those elastics were sewn on that's been reinforced and done differently so what they're saying their experience may not um not diminishing it if it happened it happened obviously yeah but but that's the thing is we're constantly making those little changes even they said that we took care of them and it wasn't a, like, you know, we made it right. But the flip side of it is exactly you want to, you want to be able to, um, to be able to, to believe that the gear will do it and that it will last to the end. And I, and I think there's been enough. I mean, at this point, like I said, since I've been here, it's 13, 13 years, there is so many examples of it doing exactly just that, um, that, that, you know, it's hard to say that the typical use case scenario isn't that. Yeah. So. And, and I'll say just to reinforce that, like I definitely know people who have used uh, Z-Packs gear for well over, I've, I know people that have used uh, duplexes for instance, for like multiple through hikes beyond what you yeah. guys claim, you yeah, know, yeah. they should last yeah. for. So um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, we've had tents do the triple crown, <laughs> like one tent, like yeah. survive the triple, <laughs> and multiple times, multiple, like, uh, instances of that so it's like you know like you get something sometimes where it's like oh i'm two weeks in and i got pinholes on my duplex or something like that and then on the on the other side you got well also there's the duplex that did a triple crown so it's 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 tough sometimes um to balance those things out yeah yeah and also of course i know of other uh other cottage companies who also have similar um, yeah, you know, feedback in terms of quality. In fact, I myself have experienced that with a uh, with other companies as well. Gear not lasting as long as I think it should. Um, so one thing I want to talk about <laughs> is the uh, 
is the moon shaped doors on the tents. And so I, I really liked my Plex solo that you guys sent me. Um, however, the only issue I have with it, that's right. I have the audacity to complain about a 10 I was given for free. Um, the only complaint I have about it is the, uh, the moon shaped door, dude. What's the purpose huh. behind that? Are you guys going to change that? Cause I just find it pretty obnoxious. And I actually did, uh, the, the only quality issue I ever had was, um, I did end up tearing, not the zipper itself, or the zipper line or whatever you call that, but the um, the mesh, like where the zipper connects to the mesh there, um, that tore a little bit on my PCT hike. I don't even know how, but I'm guessing it maybe just, I didn't unzip the door enough when I got in or something and that put some pressure on it and ripped it. I'm not exactly sure, but what's the deal with the moon shaped door? Is there any plan to change that? So that's your, you're not original in your hot take there. So <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. So, Here's here's the part that blows people's minds. Okay, is uh is like that is probably one of the most common requests slash complaints we get. About I got a tanks. number of comments about it too when I put out yeah. my questions for you guys. Here's the flip side of that. Okay, we sent out a survey <laughs> to not only every existing customer but also everybody who followed us on social media, and the survey was. Which style screen door do you prefer on a tent? <laughs> and guess one. Guess which one came in first. <laughs> I know the moon one came in first. The, the moon one. And so, like, like I would have put money that it would have that it would not have been first, but it was first. I'm and not by a large margin. So basically, um, three different styles came very close to each other, which basically just showed us that there isn't really a strong consensus. So it's like, uh, but okay. That being said, that being said, here you go. You want to hear it first? You heard it here first. <laughs> we are coming out with a tent this summer that has an L shaped zipper. Oh a, shit. There it is. It's a, it's a totally new tent. It is not a Plex tent. It is a totally new tent and it will have, have an L-shaped zipper. Awesome. Well, that's cool to hear. It's funny, actually, in one of the comments where somebody asked about the moon-shaped uh, door, there was actually some like replies to it saying, or talking about the survey you just mentioned there. And yeah. so I did, I do think that's, that it is kind of funny, isn't it? How that's like, you're saying one of the more com common complaints you get, but yeah. it's like people still like it. I don't know. Personally, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of it, but um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I think it's a, a good trade-off for the rest yeah. of the awesome things about the tent but um that's interesting i am excited to see how that uh that new tent looks though oh yeah i, I i'll send you a picture after i, I tested it in scotland uh, oh nice last month, last month. it's it's nice <laughs> hell yeah dude um yeah. okay so one more i guess um what did i say spicy <laughs> question spice spicy. so this one, I'm going to stumble over my words a little bit. I only got like one comment or question about this, and then I deleted it like an idiot before oh, we yeah, started yeah. talking, which is my bad. So I can't read the exact question, but it was something about um, the give a shit campaign or just like public lands, giving back to public yeah. lands or something like that. And, and uh, I really, sh I wish I didn't delete the damn comment like an idiot. Um, I think it was along the lines of someone who wasn't, wasn't happy or was claiming that you guys weren't giving back to public lands or something 
like that, which I know isn't really true. So I wanted to give you a chance to to talk about that a little bit. No, so I would say like, and I get. I mean, I'll name I'll name names on that oh one. Boy. I think it's a, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. We're friends. We're friends. I just <laughs> literally he he literally texted me while we were in, having this podcast. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, yeah. So we had a really really good relationship with Darwin for a long time. He was a he was a you know a customer of ours before he ever got big and whatever you know he went with us to Scotland when we did the TGO in 2019, but um, definitely there was a period there where um, he was dealing with a lot of companies that he thought weren't doing their part that um, that from his point of view they looked greedy and they were only concerned about making money and they weren't concerned about giving back and he kind of. Um, I think he subtly called us out, but he definitely didn't subtly call us out when he he sent us a direct email about it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so, like you know, at that time, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, "Oh my god, this guy who like personally I've got a great relationship with, like he's so he's very very, uh, you know, I would say emotional. But he's very emphatic about this. Yeah, and then so I. And I've I thanked him so much for this. At, you know, a couple months later, is um, we had been so preoccupied with basically trying to keep our head above water while we were growing, like you know, like not patting ourselves on the back, but we had exponential growth so many years in a row, just trying to hire people, train people, get a, not have a twelve week lead time. Like our focus was so heavy on just like can, like can we get to the a state where we are like running smoothly and not like behind and drowning that we didn't prioritize giving back i don't i I definitely don't think that it was like oh we were selfish just trying to make money we were literally literally just like god how do we get our customers this gear because we we believe in our gear and we think that it can make your experience more enjoyable so the more people we can help the better and um so he really he really lit lit a fuse and we we really had some uh, conversations internally. We didn't particularly want to use the model that they were using with the Give a Shit campaign. So we started our Giving Back Together campaign, where we allowed customers to make a donation uh, at checkout, which they didn't. You didn't even have to buy a, an item. You could just have made a donation, and then we would match that donation. And then we weren't happy with how much money the customers were giving back per se. So we were like anybody who donates um, in these months, we'll give double, we'll double your match. So for every dollar we'll give two. And then, so the second year that we did it, the whole year was $2 for the $1 and we still weren't happy. So this year is $3 for every donation. We're triple matching every every dollar that that the customers donate. And at, at this point now we have, you know, and so we're donating, it fluctuated the first year it was the 12 different organizations that run the 11 national scenic hiking trails okay i'll let you guys do the math on that <laughs> and then and then um last year we've split it up one quarter was just um one quarter was some some of those same trails plus some european trails another quarter was some of those same trails, like uh, then, then like the Te Aurora and some trails in Japan. Uh, one quarter was um, 
just like organizations like the National Forest Association, things like that, groups that were dedicated to maintaining and purchasing and, and maintaining public lands. And then the other one, the other quarter was groups that were actively working to remove boundaries that were keeping certain segments of, of society out of the outdoors, basically, like re- like removing barriers. Mm-hmm. And so and so then this year, instead of making it over uh, super com- convoluted, we just combined basically last year's entire list into one. And every quarter we send out donations to all those organizations. Cool, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate you kind of laying that out like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I I want to thank everyone who like asked me some of these questions. Um, I, th- I think we covered like the majority of like the at least the reoccurring ones here. Um, yeah. And so yeah, we're not we're not done yet because it is Trail Tales after all, and we got to get we got to yeah. get a story in at the end of the episode. But um, just since we're kind of uh, done with this segment, I just want to say thanks again. Um, Mateo for answering this stuff and, and just kind of direct or uh, addressing it head on like that. So yeah, man, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I hope that like anybody who didn't have their you know mind made up one way or the other, like got, got some perspective to know kind of what we're about and the way we, yeah. we view things and look at things. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure this, <laughs> I can't wait for the, the reaction to this. Cause I'm sure there's going to be some people that are like, Oh, like Kyle would soft on them or, Oh, like, you know, well, you want ask yeah. me something spicier. Give me the wasabi. That's, I already it. gave you like everything. Like I mean, I pretty <laughs> oh, much yeah. told you straight up. Really, the only complaint that I personally, the complaints that I have are the and and I say complaints. Like I also understand like what you're saying, um, or just the price and the some of the durability issues. Just anecdotally that I've noticed. Um, yeah. Because I and you do hear people like talking about it online sometimes too. Although I tend to not put as much yeah, yeah. weight into that stuff. Um, but anyways, so no, I appreciate you talking about all that stuff. And it's like, I like my Z packs tents. Like I'm going to keep using <laughs> them. Um, and I do think I've said this in plenty of videos. I'm not just saying this because of this episode. It's like, I do think, especially if you're going on a, like a through hike, I think it's a, yeah. despite the price, which I do wish was cheaper. Um, I do yeah. think it's still, I, I do think it's still a good investment, but, um, anyways, dude, thank you for, for answering that stuff. Um, Let's do a story. Are you okay. down for a Let's story? See. I mean, I could talk. I could tell stories all day. I love stories. Let's uh, let's yeah. do it. So I I usually try to give people a pretty good heads up for this, and when I don't, yeah. I like to own up to it. And so I did not give Mateo a uh, a super long heads up, like a few hours, but that's better than some people get, to be honest. So, yeah. anyways, now that that's out in the open, um, I do think you you had a chance to come up with something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, f- full accountability. I'm only telling my own story so I can tell an even better story in my opinion. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I like that. And, and so, like, um, uh, buckle in, people. It's going to be fun. So, basically, there, you, you you hear that you're not really a hiker until you shit your pants. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've definitely heard, heard that quite a few times. And so... Uh, I was fortunate enough to avoid that for for a long, long, long time. And so one day I was uh, through hiking the Ocean Lake Trail, which is, you say through hiking, it's like 64 miles in four days. But anyway, uh, through hiking the, the Ocean Lake Trail, and there's a spot on the second to last day where around lunchtime, there's a, a little strip mall and you can get, you know, some Mexican food, you can get, you can get pizza. 
And so we stopped there and we were hiking with this girl, uh, Jessica Hikes. Um, some of you guys may follow her. Um, and anyway, uh, we, I ate a lot of pizza with a lot of ranch and I drank a lot of sweet tea. <laughs> and, uh, and so then Jessica's like, hey, have you ever had this? It's like some coconut water or something like that. And I was like, no. She's like, here, have this. I was like, oh, this is great. So I drank some. And I'm like, all right. So we started hiking and it was probably not even a mile. And oh I, boy. It, and it, I think that coconut water did the trick. So, <laughs> so where I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I start doing the pucker and I, and I just drop my stuff. I start running and to no avail, my friend, it just, it just started coming out and I was like, no. And so whatever I got to do, you know, finish up using my water, cleaning up. And then, so then you have to decide when you come back to the group who saw you run off, they like, they knew why you were running off. You come back to the group and then you're like, do I try to pretend that I made, that I made it? and have them kind of look at how there's a water spot on my shorts and figure out that I didn't, or do you just go for it? Do you just like come out and say, so I was just like, I'm not one, you know, like, like answering these Z-Pax questions. I'm not one that's like run away from reality. <laughs> and so I'm just like, guys, I just shit my pants. You know, and, it, and like everybody just starts laughing, you know, but what, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so you just have to like you got to own it. And what's funny is uh, I won't name names to embarrass that, but I was recently <laughs> recently on a trip with a coworker, and uh, he tripped. He was he was gonna make the the run at night, the last minute run, and he tripped and he fell, and it just went everywhere. Oh man! So, so we woke up in the morning. We woke up in the morning, and they were like, and he and he goes, well. I became a hiker last night. <laughs> that, that was just, that was just it. But that wasn't my that wasn't the good story. Okay. I want to tell you. So I I don't want to incriminate uh, too much this, but somebody that I, that I know they were hiking the High Sierra Trail with a friend, and that uh, and the trail goes east to west or west to east, and it ends on Mount Whitney, and then you come down Whitney Portal, and so it was the last day. They got up. They did the the sunrise you know the hike up for sunrise on whitney and so they start coming down the 99 switchbacks and the one guy's like oh oh i gotta go and there's and there's nowhere to go you cannot there's no trail off the trail there's no woods there's no rocks to climb over you're just exposed and so he takes out his wag bag and my other buddy uh he's like all right, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to go a couple switchbacks so I can't see you or whatever. He's like, all right. So the guy goes. And so he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting. And then all of a sudden he starts to see other hikers coming and <laughs> other hikers coming and other hikers. Coming. I mean, he was like, oh, my God, like what's happening? And so eventually, like, you know, 15 minutes later, his his buddy comes down. And he was like, what, what's happened? And he was like, I was leaning down. I was having an explosive diarrhea and I put, I pulled my hat down so nobody could see my face. And he was like, people got tired of waiting and they started stepping over me <laughs> on, on trail while I'm having oh, explosive diarrhea into a wag bag on Whitney, on the Whitney portal trail. <laughs> and, and I was just like, could you like it shit in your pants is bad. Like, you know, and a lot of people, hikers will have stories like, oh, somebody saw me. I thought I was out of the way, whatever. Yeah. This guy, this guy had like 20 people <laughs> step 
over him while he's squatting down, blasting into a wag bag. <laughs> so, so oh, if that's, I don't know how you recover if, from that. That's brutal. I don't know if that guy's ever gone on another hike. And that's a true story. <laughs> I, I don't know if that guy did. I think that might have broken. Oh, man. I think it would break me, dude. This podcast uh, would be gone. My YouTube, everything would be gone if that happened to me. Oh, man. That's brutal. I, I mean, God, that's a, that's the one thing in my entire life. I don't know how I've managed to do it. Even with my wife and my my daughter, it's the one thing that's private to me. It's like like the door is closed. The door is locked. I don't care. If, like <laughs> it, that, That's like my private moment, my private time. And to like have people like stepping over you. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's like my, my worst nightmare right there. Yeah, dude, that's dude. insane. Poor guy. Poor guy. Because it's like not what yeah. you can do either, really. No, there's literally nothing you can do. Like yeah. he had. Oh, that's the worst. That's terrible. It's so. It's funny. On my last episode, I said um, the guest also shared a poop story at the end, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. like it's been a while since we've had a, a poop story on Trail Tales. Now we've had two in a row. So uh, I don't know well, who's going to be on next, but maybe I'll have to see if there's they a lot to live up to. Yeah. There's a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be tough to top. I don't think I've ever heard one worse than that. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just there's insane. more to there's more to it, but it'll be incriminating if I told. Oh, more, okay, yeah. okay, we won't. Yeah. We won't yeah. name any names. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mateo, dude, thank you, thank you for coming on here. Thank you for answering these questions. Thanks for sharing that. Um, God bless whoever that story was about. <laughs> um, hopefully, they don't hear that. I mean, it's not like you didn't name names, no, obviously, but like, yeah, no, that's no, brutal. No. If <laughs> so, they hear it, they'll if they hear it, they'll know exactly that I'm talking about them. Yeah. So usually at the end, I have people plug like their social media or whatever, but this is a little different, kind of given you're representing ZPAX. So I don't know what what do you uh, what do you want to plug in terms of uh, where people can go. Um, I mean, I guess we could. I mean, go to ZPAX.com. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's easy. I mean, I, I, I can't plug my personal Instagram too. It's not like, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to remember, and sure. it's, but it's not too crazy. It's not too controversial or spicy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Um, yeah. If you want to check out Z packs and all of our fantastic gear, you can go to Z And, uh, yeah, so so that's that. And if you want to follow me on some of my silly adventures, which is basically at this point me just giving thumbs up in cool places, <laughs> you can follow, follow me on Instagram at call underscore me underscore Mateo. Call me Mateo. Cool. And uh, that's that. Awesome. Well, thank you, dude. Uh, and tell everyone at ZPAX I say thank you as well. Uh, I really do appreciate yeah. it. And uh, thank you for listening, everybody, too. I will see you next week. <laughs>